What a restful, beautiful interpretation of that. I even learned it in Hebrew. So this is a bit of a family affair today. My, my precious wife, Patty, has prepared a really nice message for everybody. And I encourage you to stay in this really restful place in your hearts. I'm going to read the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He allows me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a place at the table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Thank you, David. Happy Father's Day to you. Mac, that was beautiful. Thank you. It was a few months ago I was um, reading one of my morning meditations and it led me to a link for this lullaby that Mac sang. And um, I thought at that time that the next time Nicholas invited me to speak when he was away, I just knew that I wanted to use it. And I immediately thought of Mac. And uh, so when the opportunity came for today, I called Mac and I I was hoping that you weren't traveling, uh, doing your performances somewhere. And he said yes. But uh, like David said, to learn it in Hebrew, thank you. It's a big deal. It was beautiful. Um, So yes, I started with the core of this lullaby and thought, well, how can I take the beautiful calmness in the words and and make it into a message? And I think that the theme that Nicholas asked that we present these next few weeks certainly ties into the beauty of the comfort that it offers. I don't have to tell you that we are living in an intense period of human evolution. Vast changes are taking place on our planet on a daily basis. It's not a wonder that we may feel agitated, stressed, and even disoriented and not always know why. Is she okay? We likely feel helpless in the face of world events, life's challenges are hard for us. How do we protect ourselves from their cumulative effect that sometimes winds our souls so tightly that we feel like the terrified child? Why does the mystery of existence lead some to God and spirit and others only to the physical world and the mind. Well, scientists say that consciousness is in my brain. Theologians believe that consciousness reflects the God who created it. Who's right? 
What enables such divergent inferences from smart folks on both sides? We cannot separate the mystical from the practical. In each, the other can be found. Well, many of us no longer rely on religious belief systems to guide. The traditions that many of us were raised with no longer may feel comfortable within the thinking of our cultural context. Still, we come here on Sundays looking for answers, looking to know ourselves and life's meaning. It seems our problem with God might be intellectual. The scientist does not have a notion of absolute truth. Science's core assumption enables limitless exploration, anticipating that today's theories will change with man's increasing knowledge of the universe. Well, the lullaby that Max sang might provide comfort to the child, but awkwardly, however, we find it's very difficult to soothe ourselves. Isn't there a reason we're drawn to soothing places, to spas and hot pools, gardens, soft-flowing streams and lakes, the time we spend in the wilderness? Despite, it seems, our effort at attaining mindfulness, there are signs still of the widespread loss of man's ability to soar upward. The loss of transcendence seems to be negatively affecting an entire society, stealing from countless individuals their sense of peace and happiness and destiny. So what are the words in the songs we need to sustain and guide us today? Well, most of us recognize the 23rd Psalm that David wrote, read. Some of you may even know it by heart. According to tradition, all of the Psalms were written by King David, one of the earliest kings of Israel. To give context to it, it was written more than a thousand years before Jesus was even born. Many find that the beautiful visualization for inner strength and peace reminds them that they are not alone in this vast cosmic confusion of our universe. The Lord is my shepherd. I love this metaphor of God as protector, divine presence in which we might place our trust. Well, the shepherd's job is to take care of his flock, to make sure that they are safe and nourished, calm and happy. Who doesn't want to be cared for? The word Lord is a stopper, I know, for many of us. The word feels controlling. It feels like a force of dominion over another. It's okay if you're a sheep. Sheep are utterly dependent on the shepherd. But the Psalms were written in Hebrew, and I found that the word Lord means law. Not the kind of law that regulates, but universal law by which all creation operates. So the word law means 
that it's the universal law by which all operates. It's the same universal law that enables the sun to make an appearance each morning, the universal law that enables all things to work for, together for the good. I shall not want. There is no lack. The only reason we seem to experience lack is that we have probably based our lives on non-truths, on wants and desires. We buy into our fears. The Zen master's words to the student asked, What in this moment is lacking? It's a powerful statement. Always wanting is a miserable way to live. What in this moment is lacking in your life? He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Just absorb the radiant force of life in this creation of ours. Feel the support of the green earth. None of this is of our doing. He renews my strength. Divine love invites rest and renewal. Joy and peace are attitudes, a condition of the heart that we choose to carry with us throughout our whole lives or not. Joy and peace are attitudes that we choose. He guides me along right paths. Yes, there are frauds and there are imposters and there are fake idols that are going to try to convince us to follow. As we allow divine consciousness to guide us, we come to see that the right path is that which allows love's expression to live through our entire being. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. We do live in a tumultuous world. Who are the enemies? They are the thoughts that convince us that we are not worthy to be offered such a feast, that persuade us that we will never win victory over the world in its illusions of defeat. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. Well, anointing the head with oil was a practice used to honor a person and to dignify them. In the ancient Near East, to anoint the head with oil mean, means to invest that person with power. And that our cup overflows is a sign that we are not powerless. We possess the inner strength to transform the valleys of our life that appeared dark and frightening into passageways that lead us into the still waters. Goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. On the deepest level, these are words that represent the ultimate goal of the spiritual path. Fear will be with us. Countless hazards will challenge both our body and the inner freedom of our minds. Creation desires that we live in abundance and peace. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life. 
Metaphysically, we understand spirit to be the indwelling presence of God that is the truth of our spiritual identity. And I will dwell in the house of universal love forever. Words are full of meanings and so dependent on the context for the speaker and for the reader. And when we attempt to speak about the holy, I think definitions become even more complicated. Most of us have gone far beyond thinking of God as Father, though I think the imagery is is really a good one. Jesus called God Abba, meaning Father and Protector, and his deep unity with God was expressed not as a doctrine, not as a doctrine, and remember, Christianity started many years after Jesus died. But Jesus' unity with God was expressed by a new energy, a new energy of divine love. And to experience this, we must travel to the very inner soul where the field of divine love is expressed in the very thirst of our own lives. Can we surrender to this mystery? Can we allow it to heal, to comfort, and to empower us? Can we use it to bless one another? Evolution is epic. It's epic on a cosmic scale we will probably never understand. But at its very core is a very profound creative process. For some, the script simply amounts to the law of nature, and for others, it's God's plan. Each of us has a role in this work in progress, I believe. If we want peace, we must work for justice. There can be no peace in a world if people are hungry. There could be no peace where people are frightened or dominated or denied their dignity. If we want peace within our own being, we must cultivate our own clear and calm minds. And we help create, I believe, a culture of peace by listening to others, caring for them, and responding with our compassion. The Lord God, the ultimate one, even divine consciousness, are not words used connoting all-powerful rulers or judgmental moralists, depending how we might live, but they are gods. We all have our own words that we might use to, um, words that really define for us the meaning of God. I like the word divine love. But think of how many times a day we, we feed the negative, Fear is that absence of love, just as darkness is the absence of light. When we are in the dark, we cannot see divine love and we cannot trust. Consider the map left by every seeker who has ever walked before you, but keep in mind that their routes were theirs and are simply possibilities for each of our own paths. The 23rd Psalm is a promise for each of our paths, 
perhaps, but it's also a blueprint. It's a blueprint for a design for the world. It points a way, but just one way, that we might experience the unknown, a transcendent dimension of trust and being alive at a very deep and restorative level. The soothing lullaby and the words of the psalm each capture a reality and a way to know spirit. Each are peaceful and powerful at the very same time. Knowledge is multidimensional. It's not static. Only truth does not change. And the application and expression of it is infinitely expanding. God's love, I believe, does not tell us how we are to live or what we are to become, but it does ask the question, what do we want? Let's pray. God, I thank you for the peace you offer through the many voices and many songs that you have offered. May we trust and allow your spirit to fill and soothe our hearts, offering the direction that each of us needs. We pray for peace in countries under strife and peace at home, peace in our community and peace in families everywhere. We pray for the many visitors in our town this weekend and hope their time has been a good one. We ask for safety for their travels home. We are conscious of the many who suffer at this moment, both physically and emotionally, those in our own community and in the world. May they feel your comforting presence. On this Father's Day, we pray for and offer thanks to all of our dads here with us today and all fathers everywhere. Thank you for the many ways fathers offer their love and their encouragement, their guidance and their direction. We pray in loving memory of those fathers who are dearly missed. Tenderly bless our elderly fathers that they may know they are precious and loved. We pray for single fathers raising children alone and fathers whose relationships with their children is complicated and perhaps painful. Some fatherhood is less obvious than others, not recognized so readily. Bless the stepdads and coaches, mentors and teachers who care for the children of others. As it, as it is said, it takes a village to raise a child. May this chapel offer spiritual community to each of our dads and the responsibilities they hold. And may you be with each of us. Amen. <laughs>